Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we are looking at Season 1, Episode 12, Miracle on 3rd or 4th Street, in which Frasier's plans to spend Christmas with his son Frederick fall through. So it's a bit of an unseasonable one this week, Kay. It's our first Christmas episode. And I want to ask you this week, what is your favourite Christmas film or episode of Christmas television? Oh, that's a good, good question. So I, I have a, I always have a sort of a go-to. I have on Christmas Day, I always watch Only Fools and Horses, the episode of Batman and Robin. Nice. Um, That's a classic in Britain. In terms of Frasier, my favourite is um, A Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz. Excellent. Which Excellent. is a few seasons to go till we get to that, but a yeah, a phenomenal one. Christmas episode. And weirdly enough, I always watch. Do you remember the TV show Arthur when we were kids? Arthur the Aardvark. I absolutely adored Arthur with every so, fibre of my being. Um, there was like a musical Christmas episode of Arthur, and I watched. And like Christmas Eve every every year. No way! I love that. It's so good. Like it, I don't know because I think because I've watched it since I was a kid, it's just become a tradition with me. Um, yeah, I mean, the so... nostalgia for kids shows is huge. They recently added all of Tracy Beaker to BBC iPlayer, and I have unironically been watching episodes before bed because it's just be... the most comforting thing. I've been seeing your live tweeting on it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, quite interesting. It's, I mean, the, the episode I watched last night, they all had a giant virus pandemic that, out, that broke out in the children children's home and everyone was ill and so there really was no escape from coronavirus <laughs> at that point but yeah um, are, are you familiar with national lampoon's christmas vacation yes i watched that on my list of films um for last christmas it is what is my firm favorite i absolutely adore that like just chevy chase in his prime yeah uh, yeah uh, that is my favourite Christmas film by a mile. Where do you come down on the uh, the Die Hard Christmas debate? Is it a Christmas film? Uh, the, the the debate tires me endlessly. Um, <laughs> I I honestly don't even care at this point. In my eyes, no, it's not a Christmas film. It's a good film and a film people should watch. But like it's, the fact it gets wheeled out every Christmas, it just yeah, it kind of grinds me down a little bit. Yeah. Do you agree that Gremlins is a Christmas film? I do agree that Gremlins yes. is a Christmas film. See, there's really no kind of cr- criteria here there's no rival <laughs> reason to any of this kind of nonsense opinion making but yeah i think gremlins is easier to sell to someone as a christmas film than die hard is yeah i think gremlins for me i don't know there's something about gremlins just has quite a christmasy vibe to it yeah it's quite cozy like just the the young you know the young protagonists and kind of yeah i don't know i haven't seen gremlins since i was about oh god i haven't watched it in at least 10 years probably longer so i'll, I'll, I'll rectify I, that i, I, I last watched it yeah i last watched it on christmas eve so. oh okay pretty fresh in your head then yeah for, for me the month of december is christmas tv shows and films and that's what, all i watch that's all you watch i like that i, yeah. I I'm, I'm a big including believer stretching out christmas many very bad hallmark christmas movies that i can just <laughs> sort of watch and not pay attention to yeah i haven't seen any kind of hallmark films but i'm familiar with the the vibe they're all very uh kind of yeah like a cookie cutter template of, of, of how to make a christmas film see, i feel um, you'd really like that because you're very into like small town america as well but yeah see i am like weirdly i think i don't watch them because i don't i don't know if i have hallmark um for starters but like i think if i you know i had a i was sitting around maybe when i'm older and i've got my family they're the kind of things i'll eat up but like at the moment yeah i don't know i tend to watch really depressing small town america films and tv shows so <laughs> maybe i need a nice kind of antidote for the christmas vibe but before we get going and talking about this christmasy fraser app are you ready to tuck yourself into trivia corner i am indeed okay I will start this week, if you don't mind. Oh, I should mention that we didn't, before we do the questions, that we didn't talk about whether last week's episode, Death Becomes Him, was in our top 10. So is it in your top 10, Key? I do love the episode, but I'm afraid it's not in my top 10. It's not in mine either. But we did both agree, a very strong episode. You had said possibly the strongest of all we'd reviewed so far. So it's definitely got its praise. Okay, Key, so question one from my set of trivia questions this week. How long has Martin had his plastic wreath for? Oh, God. Um, I remember him saying... If you can tell me the year, you don't have to work out the maths. (laughs) Oh, um, I remember him saying... He did. He says something like, a real one wouldn't have lasted since... That is exactly when he says it, yeah. I oh, really yeah. thought you'd pick up on this and, and sting me with it, so I tried to get in there first. It oh, looks like no. Um, <laughs> I am going to say, and it's a guess, 1969? You are two years out, my oh. good man. 1967? 
So close. <laughs> 1967. Okay, uh, so my first question, where was Daphne flying to? I think it was to San Francisco to see her transvestite uncle. Yes, it is, Jackie. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay, your second question. What drink does Roz want at the KACL Christmas party? Oh, uh, a gin and tonic? It is a gin and tonic, indeed. Are you a fan of gin and tonics, incidentally? When, as I'm getting older, I'm becoming more of a fan, yeah. Yeah, you're getting the, you're getting the taste for it. Gin yeah. is, like, so trendy these days. Like, the last five, ten years, I think, gin has had, like, an insane boom. Gin yeah, bars mean, are everywhere, so... We, there's a really nice a good time. Um, gin bar in Birmingham. I don't have been uh, called Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, I don't think I've been there. I've kind like, of been hitting up more drinkeries in town than ever before but yeah i've never been there uh, yeah, if you go upstairs it's very very fancy whereas downstairs has like a very sort of 90s feel to it really? oh so, okay so like like the name they're both kind of really clash that's that's yeah. cool i like that that's pretty neat uh so my question i think the second question uh so whose puppy died the name of the caller <sighs> And we have so many good callers in this episode. I'm, I'm trying to pass them all. Is it Tom? It is Tom, yeah. Yeah! <laughs> and I've got, I won't say who, but we can talk about it later. But we did mention before we went on air, there's a lot of good stuff to talk about with celebrity callers this week. Yeah, and very the much person so. voicing that character in particular is a bit of a legend. So good stuff. Okay, actually, my next question is very much uh, a nice follow-on from that. What line was Don on when he called? Oh, okay. I think... I I know this just because I've got an obsession with lines. You have, and I thought you might know this. I thought you might <laughs> ask think, me it. Is it line five? It is line five. There he is. The line master himself <laughs> has spoken. That, that's not a nickname you want to be getting in certain areas, is it? <laughs> <laughs> the line man. Okay, um, so question three. Um, who offered Frasier sugar cookies? Oh, it's that kind of classic, kindly old, you know, matronly woman in the corridor at KCL. Is indeed. Um, I want to say Catherine. Oh, it is Elizabeth. Elizabeth, damn, I knew that. <laughs> I did know that. That's so annoying. When I said Catherine, I was like, would they call another character Catherine so soon after the last Catherine? Yeah. Call me responsible. Elizabeth, she does look more like an Elizabeth than a Catherine, so <laughs> that's fair enough. Okay, my last question key this week. What yeah. is the name of the fellow diner customer who has, quote, misplaced his Wall Street portfolio? Okay, I think it's Bill. Yes, it is. And I'm really impressed you've got that because I, I think his name is mentioned like once or twice when he comes in. I made a point of um, writing down the name of everyone who's basically a cameo in this in this episode because <laughs> I knew I thought that's where he's going to get me. So Honestly, well played there. Okay. okay, so my final question. How many callers did we hear on Christmas Day? On Christmas Day? Oh, this is a really good question. I'm trying to think of the celebrity callers. So we had Don, Tom, I think. Barry, so that's three, but I think there's probably a, a few more. Um, uh, I'm going to guess four. Oh, close. I think it's five. Ah, oh, damn. Is there, think... Yeah, is there someone kind of toward the end when he's like, it's really late at night? Yeah, I think we've got um, Don with the sneakers. Yeah. Barry, who is in tears. <laughs> uh, Gladys, who fell in the shower and she can't put any oh. more pins in her hip. Uh, Tom, whose puppy died, and I think Jeff, who loves the sound of music. Yes, Jeff. Oh, how can I forget Jeff? I just remember <laughs> he says, he opens with, this is Jeff. <laughs> like, just a brother, what a way to announce yourself on it. But well played, Key. I think you've got you've got everyone bar the Martin First, Reith yeah. question, and you're only two years out, so you did pretty damn good there. I think we're 3-3 we're three, three today. Oh, I'll take that. I'll take yeah. that. Um, okay, so that moves us nicely into the review, and we kind of talked a little bit about this anyway, my question of and the GNT. But really nice party atmosphere here at the beginning. It kind of opens with KCL. There's a Christmas party happening. I mean, I imagine a party there would be like really, really sweet. I don't know how you feel about work Christmas parties in general, but what, what are your vibes here? Generally, I don't like work Christmas parties because I think mm. everyone's always quite on edge. You can't really let yourself go because you've still got to be very if your boss is around, yeah, it's like a no-no. But I imagine a, a, a place like KACL, because you're working with on-air talent who are, generally speaking, quite big personalities, mm. I think it'd be so much fun. I, I think it would be as well. Like, we have we have the reappearance of Chopper Dave, um, and I think this might be his last ever appearance. I could be wrong there. Um, In fairness, I think you but... said that last appearance as well. Yeah, there, yeah so I think IMDB has him down as um, this episode and the uh, an, an oops that, we, that yeah. we reviewed two weeks ago. Um, so you know, it's 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 nice to have him back. Uh, there's there's this kind of moment here where this bulldog has the expository kind of 
don't know if that's a word, the exposition dialogue where he, he basically says, you don't have to yell. You're not on the traffic report. You're not in the helicopter giving traffic reports now. It's a really bizarre thing to say. And it's just like he's, he's saying that to remind the audience of why Chopper Dave yells. Like, oh, that's the joke. But like he was he was in an episode two weeks ago, like when this aired. Did they really think people would have forgot that quickly? Yeah, that, is, that is a bit of a pet peeve of mine with TV shows is when I feel like they have to dumb down the dialogue for the audience to yeah, remind to make a joke kind of stick yeah something I don't know if you ever watched 24 um, uh, my brother was a big fan so I've, I've seen bits and bobs here and there but certainly not enough to kind of remember much but you'd have scenes where someone's going listen we need to get this guy because he's got a bomb and he's like Mate, in your world, all of this is taking place in a day. Okay, you do. Yeah. You remember that conversation. Okay, you don't need to repeat <laughs> it. <laughs> it's like we literally spoke ten minutes ago. <laughs> um, we have kind of bulldog trying to wrangle a shift change from Fraser here, and Fraser is particularly kind of unfeeling. He says, "I am touched, and I don't care because obviously Freddie is coming to to come and visit him." Uh, is it? I can't remember if he says this in the episode or not. But are we meant to believe this is the first time Freddie's visiting him? since he moved to Seattle. I don't think he, he mentions it in the episode, but I think he certainly says at one stage he hasn't seen his little boy in so long. Right, okay. So okay. So we're kind of meant to I believe think... he has seen him at some point since moving there, but this might be... Yeah, it might have been a while. Yeah, that's the way I took it. I could be wrong, but yeah, I think he's probably seen him at some stage. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so we have kind of the mention of Freddy, another supporting character that we have discussed at length already, the ominously mentioned Bonnie Weems, who has a much stronger presence in this episode both literally because we see her but uh the whole the whole running gag at the beginning of this episode is that Frasier has agreed to drive bonnie weems home and she basically just seems a bit of a lush she likes a drink presumably doesn't take no for an answer from men um yeah i mean what what are your kind of opinions and, and kind of reception of bonnie weems here i really like bonnie weems i'd have liked to have seen her a lot more in the show actually yeah. um you know she's I just think she could be a really fun character and I think you could really have... I, I think there would have been a lot of scope to do a lot of work with her character and to have seen... It'd be nice as well to have seen what they'd have done with her outside of a party environment and to see what kind of personality gave her in different kind of scenes. Yeah, yeah. And I think just kind of seeing her interact, uh, her interactions rather... Um, with characters like Bulldog and stuff, just they they they're so kind of it's like fire meeting fire there, and I just it, they kind of missed a trick I think by not having them two together. If someone like Bonnie Weems, who presumably is very promiscuous, a bit like Roz, though seems to have kind of even less kind of standards than Roz. And someone like Bulldog, who is essentially the male version of her, working in the same kind of workplace, you'd think they'd interact at some point. Yeah, that, that's one thing I find quite strange in this scene, is that everyone sort of takes the mick out of Frasier that he gets stuck with Bonnie Weems. Mm. But I feel like Bulldog would love to be stuck with Bonnie Weems. Yeah, yeah, you feel like he'd be angling all night to try and, and, and sort that lift. He's the one who wants to give her a lift, because she's attractive for one, and it seems like, you know, she would make a move on you. That's kind of the impression, her characterization. <clears throat> so, yeah, like everyone's kind of taking the mick out of Frasier, but I mean, she's clearly very strong. She lifts Frasier up, so Bulldog might get eaten alive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe that's the thing. Maybe he doesn't like dominant women and he's scared of her. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually. I think he, prefer and because he's kind of got the, the small complex, which actually Frasier does bring up before he meets Bonnie Weems, because he says, I haven't been this excited for Christmas since I was your size. So, even like, so even contextually, we have a, a joke about Bulldog being small even kind of before that happens so yeah i think that's a really viable interpretation of it all so we have as well Roz faking joy at the gift that that, that fraser's given her because they agreed not to give each other gifts then fraser buys her the gag flower that microphone not flower that sprays water and she gets in that really nice briefcase which he pretty much has for like most of the show have you ever had to fake joy at a present you've received and can you remember like the worst time that's happened yes 100 <laughs> percent um when you're growing like I got so many just pairs of socks as a kid for Christmas <laughs> off folk distant relatives you're like oh right yeah whereas now I'm at the age where I really want socks and nobody gives them to me that is so so true you said that I'm glad you said that as well because when I was a kid like toys obviously is what you want and my nan and granddad particularly my granddad always used to say oh you know we'll get your socks then for Christmas and he'd joke and I'd go no I don't want any socks now I'm like you literally this year I actively put like three packs of socks on my on my list um, <laughs> and that's all I want now I just want kind of linen <laughs> White t-shirts, underwear, socks, you know, then I'm good to go. I'm very yeah. easily pleased. Would you say you're easily pleased? I 
am very easily pleased. I'm not that in, I'm not that big on presents at Christmas anymore. I'd rather just mm. sort of. I'm with you there. I it's think all when about you're the community in, thing, though. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I think when you're young, the best part of Christmas Day is the first few hours. And I think as you yeah. get older, the best part of Christmas Day is dinner and usually falling asleep altogether whilst trying to watch some dreadful Christmas film. That is absolutely the best. Like, And now that I'm old enough to drink, I say that like I've just turned 18. <laughs> but now, <laughs> now that, like, you know, the last whatever five, six Christmases where I, I can drink, it's just like, yeah, now like I play cards, like kind of. The, um, the men in my family, it's not like a misogynistic thing. The women genuinely do not want to play at all. They hate it. Um, but all the men in my family always play cards every Christmas Christmas Day evening and, and Christmas and Boxing Night as well. And for years, I used to watch them play. I was like, oh, man, I wish I could play. Um, Please tell me, was it, your, was it your 18th birthday that they called you over? I went, well, I honestly don't even remember in being hand. initiated into the, into, the, into the cult, as it were. But I mean, I've got a good anecdote, actually, for faking joy at a gift. I remember one year my brother and I both got iPod touches which was just an awesome gift uh, I think they, you know they, they'd only just come out or whatever so I was like absolutely over over the moon with that but they had put them they put my brother's inside an old phone box for a phone he already owned and they put mine in a free view box like as in like when you used to have to buy the actual free view receiver before it was built into TVs so oh, I, I had it. that box and I opened it and I was kind of looking at it and I, I even was like oh great you know now I can get free view at this point I should say I already had had free <laughs> so everyone knew i was like why is he pretending to be happy about that but i just i would never open the gift and, and not be grateful and then i opened it and i saw the ipod i was like oh yes thank god for that i mean did someone have to tell you to open it and you're like oh i'll open it later and <laughs> but yeah i mean i'm i'm very easily pleased these days so i really don't mind but if you if you can keep working i'm gonna get me a six pack of ballantine like you yeah, mentioned that's... a few weeks ago <laughs> that's the dream that's gotta happen speaking of kind of christmas drinking there's the disgusting moment back at fraser's apartment in this episode where niles and eddie share the eggnog with obviously unbeknownst to niles now this scene it doesn't cut away from Eddie when he licks the glass. So how do you think they did this? Do you think David Hyde Pierce is genuinely drinking from a glass that Moose has just licked? I don't think so. I think there's got to be some kind of trick there, hasn't there? There's got to be. I just don't know how they do this. Would they like have put maybe something on the side of the glass that he licks, you know, like a, a, a treat or some kind of paste, and then David Hyde Pierce makes sure to drink from the other side? I mean, I just don't. There's no way he would have like method acted that and be like, oh yeah, I'll I'll drink the eggnog. I mean, I mean. Have you had eggnog? I've never had eggnog. And I I've never had eggnog. That this year. I think that's a very American concept. I don't think we... It, it is. And I kind of want it to break through here because it sounds delicious. And I... you can kind of like add your own liquor to it and like it just becomes a boozy deliciousness. I mean, what I do love about this scene is I love the way David High Pierce just sort of licks his lips uh, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of like un- how he doesn't know the dramatic irony there, but we know it's just almost as if there's like maybe a dog hair in it. It's like disgusting <laughs> to think about. But I, I actually think... I think it's quite interesting at this point when Niles is round, like when Fraser comes through the door and greets him. I don't know if you picked up on this, but I still feel like their relationship is just a little bit like not frosty, but they're still not super close. So there is a kind of implication in the way Fraser's like, what brings you here? As if to say, Niles, you again, why are you here in my apartment every time I open the door? I don't know, did you kind of pick up on anything about their relationship here? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about Frosty, but I'd say that they're not quite the dynamic Yeah, Frosty's duo, strong, but... but I mean, kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't think they're to. quite the, the partnership that they're going to be yet. I think probably the end of this season, start of season two, I think we'll start seeing that. Is it is it in this season, the episode where they try and write a book together? Is that, it is, yeah. Say? It's one of the, I think yeah. one of the last four. We have like an instant. Yeah. Insanely strong finish this season. That's a great. Episode. I um I think that once we get to around that episode, that's probably the turning point in when I think they become much closer as a sibling relationship. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, and it, it, there's really not much to go on in this episode. It was me just kind of picking up on probably stuff that wasn't there, but I thought it was worth raising as well. We yeah. have like Niles is at the apartment because he's getting Daphne to try on dresses, presumably that he's buying for Maris. Though of course, Fraser notes there's like a foot size yeah. difference between the two um again slightly perverted <laughs> but ultimately funny like we've talked about niles and his hair sniffing and stuff I mean, it, how does this kind of gag work for you that he's kind of at, in the apartment on his own with daphne 
making her dress up. Um, I think I can't. I really like this actually. I think I think it's becoming less creepy and a bit more cutesy sort of thing um and more yeah. the the niles and daphne that i remember um, yeah i don't know maybe it's just because there's not quite that sort of obviously earlier on in in the series we see him you know sniffing her hair and it's very physical and and you know in terms of quite intimate in a way whereas this is just a bit more uh comedic i suppose and, and it, it's not as creepy because it's not like a, you know he's going to the room and trying to watch a change or anything like that so for me i think it works really well actually. i really like it i think uh no i i agree, I agree. um it's kind of yeah. It's the the premise is still a little bit dubious, maybe, but the fact that yeah, he's he's staying in the living room and it's a bit like a fashion show. Um, it's kind of like yeah, just the the kind of doting doting rather um, adoration he has for her. Sorry, one thing I would ask about this uh, scene: Frasier offers Niles some sherry in this scene. Okay, am I right in thinking this is the first time in the season we've seen them drink sherry? Oh my. God, I that hadn't even crossed my mind, but what an observation if it is, because I could Sherry be Niles is probably the motto of, of the show. Um, that should be the podcast Niles, that could be our tagline. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, maybe it is. I, 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 people kind of talk about this on the forums all the time, but I, I mean, they probably do mention it at some point. You can sometimes see the bottles that he's drinking from, but I wonder what Sherry there they're having like how expensive a bottle it is and how frequently they get through a bottle because they seem to drink it like all the time like it's pop <laughs> yeah i mean it's their go-to drink isn't it um yeah they when... drink in the day they drink in the evening it's nuts yeah i mean when when dragon's the earliest fraser has started drinking sherry or wine or in a day <sighs> I I want to say like probably just around lunchtime. I think sometimes he drink he can drink around lunchtime. I mean, when when is the earliest you've ever drank? I I mine would also be Christmas Day. Funnily enough, because people start um, drinking at like eleven, twelve o'clock on Christmas Day. Like it's, it can be pretty nuts. Oh, mine is embarrassing. Uh, mine is like half eight in the morning once. Is that an away trip? You it, were yes, it was. Yeah, I went to see Villa play Everton, so we were, we were getting oh, the train nice. down. And I was with all these big guys and I went to impress them. So I was like half eight in the morning. It's like, yeah, I'll have a beer. <laughs> um, <Excellent>. Yeah. <laughs> so we have at this point mentioned as well, kind of Maris's cabin, which sounds like really, really nice, lovely way to spend Christmas. Um, presumably they're all going up there. I imagine it's in the Washington Pines somewhere. But like of all... The fact all the cabin episodes Frasier has, and I do want us to do like an episode where we rank the cabin episodes because I think there's so many and they're all so strong. I can't think of a bad one, and there's probably about six, seven. Um, there's not a single one where Christmas takes place at one. I just think that would have been so good. I think the opportunity is there for them to, to have. Christmas yeah, I'd really like to see it. I'd really like to see uh, a Christmas episode where they're all really in sort of one room or, or you know, just the, the living room and the kitchen or something like that and just really just sort of play off against one another and, and the personalities. I think it'd work really, really well. Um, it, it'd but... really capture like what Christmas is like, isn't it? Because like, it's just family interaction constantly and sometimes there's butting of heads, sometimes there's not. But like yeah just as you say a one or two two room um episode i think would capture the what the spirit of christmas day is like perfectly yeah and i i really love how they um they they play the cabin off in this like it, because i mean it does really sound very idyllic it, you know it, it's an actual log log cabin with deer and uh, it sounds really beautiful and they just compare it so well against you know freddie's absolute dream christmas so that it makes the log cabin look dreadful in in contrast. <laughs> like the um, stump that children kick in the woods. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love how David Hyperius delivers that lie. Just... Phil, up at the cabin, there's an old stump that the local children seem to enjoy kicking. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's done <laughs> so well so so good um we have like we've talked about daphne's going to san francisco to visit her transvestite uncle jackie uh, i mean how does this joke work for you in a sense that do you think this is quite progressive or is it regressive in the sense that the fact he's transvestite is just a punchline here i don't know like you kind of i'm trying to i'm trying not to put today's kind of worldview on our review but it's interesting to think you know there's been 20 years since this episode aired or however long it's been no lot lot longer than that 25 years just how how this works for you like do you think it's more of a punchline than it is trying to be inclusive yeah i mean i think a bit like you i don't really like it when we try and apply modern standards to something that is older because i yeah, think that yeah 
you know, anything in the past is probably going to come up short against what we consider to be right today. Um, I mean, that's a very, very good point, yeah. That said, I don't, for me, this line in the modern day, I, I don't think, I, I think if they were doing the show today, it wouldn't be in. No, um, no. it does feel think, more of a punchline. I mean, it's still funny in a sense that it's just like it colouring the fact that Daphne has such an insanely eccentric kind of extended family um, and like just her general, yeah, it's just something we would expect from her, but not from any other character. So, and some ways it works in the kind of lore of the show, I guess. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I'm not sure about like the whole, you know, we're always getting a bit long in the tooth for it and things like that. I'm not sure yeah. how that would sit with, with most modern audiences now. I don't think it would go down particularly well. Yeah, um, that's when he kind of jumps the shark a little bit. The joke kind of loses. You're like, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, maybe it's gone a bit too far. Yeah, um, but, but yeah. you can definitely see it work. Like, you can see that being part of Daphne's family and her character. It, you know, it fits the character well, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe for modern audiences, maybe not. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you talked about Freddy's Perfect Christmas as well. We have this reference to the sound of music. I don't know if it's kind of chimed for you as well, but it's the second reference we've had so far in the show to, to the sound of music because obviously Maris formed in it. Maris's performing arts group did a rendition of the sound of music, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, yeah. So yeah, kind of interesting they've gone back to this. And oh, and then obviously it's 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 mentioned again later in this episode. But yeah, Freddy's Christmas. Does this sound like something you'd enjoy? It sounds way too busy for me. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think that. Christmas, I generally like, I want a chilled out, relaxing Christmas. You know, in t- Boxing Day, I don't really want to get dressed. You don't want to go to Euro Disney, is what you're saying. I do not want to. I mean, can you imagine the lines? I um, can, well, not even that. It just sounds like hell. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't think of a, a lonelier, a lonelier thing to do than go to a theme park on Christmas Day or Christmas yeah. Eve or Boxing Day, if presumably those places are open then. But yeah, I just think, oh, yeah, that, I think it strikes me as really low. The only bit I think I'd like, I'd kind of I think I've never tried a toboggan. I think I'd like to try a toboggan. That would be good. We should go um, to the snow dome one, one could, day. Yeah, us. just go for That'd it. That would be good. Get some um, of the lads together. We'll go We'll go toboggan. If... Yeah, other than that, I mean, I don't particularly want to spend Christmas with Julie Andrews. I imagine that's a bit of an awkward <laughs> one, to be honest. Yeah, it's probably a bit intense. She probably expects the conversation to be a bit more highbrow than Only Fools and Horses, Batman and Robin, <laughs> so... Maybe she'd, uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't want around my place either. Ms. Andrews, what's your favourite song from the Arthur Christmas special? (laughs) The Arthur Christmas special got songs in it. Oh, it's like a musical, yeah. Really, highly recommend it. A bit like like a Charlie Brown Christmas. I haven't even mentioned that. Charlie Brown Christmas, I have the, I've I've mentioned this in a previous Frasier episode, actually, because of something Frasier plays on our previous podcast, because of something Frasier plays on the piano, and it reminds me of the Charlie Brown Christmas album. But yeah, the soundtrack to that, that is this beautifully haunting, melancholy jazz piece. And I've never actually watched the, the, the Charlie Brown Christmas special, but I'm going to at some point this year. But yeah, exactly the same, kind of musical, animated. I just think the charm of watching old classic Christmas things like that, when, when you're a kid, it's just, yeah, it's what it's all yeah. about. Um, Frasier's Chili Lights. What the hell do you make of these? Because I've got some pretty strong thoughts. I'd love to hear yours. I do not know what's going on with this at all. What is he thinking? <laughs> How does it? I just, I don't understand it. And I don't understand, I don't think it really fits Frasier's character, no. to be honest with you. I don't understand at all like Frasier I imagine is the sort of guy who wants the perfect Christmas tree if you've ever looked mm. up a perfect Christmas tree I don't think it has chili peppers on it uh, no it's just he says he says oh, they're very fashionable now so if this is the case and perhaps our American listeners can tell us because they've certainly never been fashionable <laughs> in the UK is this more like a 90s thing or more specifically is it like a 94 thing when this episode aired because I, I just I, I can't draw in my head the links here between chili pepper Christmas lights and you know, the general vibe of Christmas. And yeah, I completely agree that to think Frasier would be into something like this, which just seems really tacky and gaudy and very much against his style of decorating. Don't think this this kind of rubs off very well. No, for me, for me, this little bit doesn't, but I do love the way the scene ends. I love the way that it just devolves into Martin and Frasier screaming Merry Christmas at each other. I, <laughs> that is so good. There's the just, four, four Merry Christmases, each louder than the last. Well, Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! <laughs> and it's just, it's such a, in, in many ways, they're so well meaning. I mean, Martin is shouting at him, going, You've, Why are you not going to the cabin? Where are you going? Because you shouldn't be alone on Christmas. And yet they're having an argument with them, like caring about each other. I just, I really like, I really, really like it. I think it's, it is uh, just, yeah, it's emblematic of all the things we've talked about in the past on here, like, 
just how their relationship works. They can go from sincere to hysterical to, to kind of comical and then back to kind of sentiment again. And they yeah, just do and, it in, in the same kind of sentence. Yeah, and I know, I mean, we were just saying how we'd love to have seen a, a cabin Christmas episode. I think this is a sort of joke he could have done so, so well in that kind of environment. Oh, yeah, like them both storming off to like a different room of the cabin. A bit like the ski lodge, actually. The yeah. ski lodge episode, that would have, that, that set design would have been perfect for a Christmas because everyone's kind of on top of each other. You're kind of all coming out of your rooms on Christmas morning. They have that lovely big open log fire. I mean, if I could have have christmas anywhere that that set would be like top of the list i think i mean it's gorgeous isn't it it's absolutely oh, gorgeous it's, yeah it's it's um, like the way niles describes the the cabin to daphne saying oh it's this gorgeous real log cabin the deer come and graze outside the window and stuff <clears throat> i recently watched actually um architectural digest do a youtube series where they go to celebrities homes it's a bit like a way more upmarket mtv cribs and aaron paul from breaking bad etc his he and his wife live in this insane log mansion in the middle of like rural Idaho, surrounded by deer and rivers and pine forests. And obviously Idaho is the Pacific Northwest, so it's not that far away from presumably Maris's cabin, kind of region-wise. And it's just, yeah, like his, that to me was like, you, it looks like something off Pinterest or Instagram. <laughs> the place to have Christmas is here. Like huge open fire, wood everywhere, huge windows watching the snowfall. Just, yeah. This has basically just turned into me ranting about my ideal Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is me just getting depressed. I don't live... Uh, my dream is to have, like, a nice little, like, cabin or whatever with a load of land. I can have some, like, <laughs> horses or whatever and some, and some chickens. <laughs> Those horses and chickens are my best just friends. Just an image of you astride a horse, Keith. You're probably the least cowboy-esque <laughs> person I've ever seen. <laughs> Honestly, I, I fear all animals, so I'd just be standing <laughs> next to him going, all right, mate, like, what's going on with him, you? Like, in awe, saying, please don't kill me. <laughs> Um, we have now i want to kind of get to the celebrity callers because we have in plot wise for those who are following along frazier falls out with martin as we've said and he agrees to work bulldogs christmas day shift at kcl what follows are as we've established five phone calls each kind of more hilarious or depressing than the last some of the celebrity calls we have now can you tell me i don't know if you looked it up who voices barry because for my money he is in the top five if not my favorite caller from the entire series. I'm sorry. That was the last time. I'm okay now. I'm really okay. <laughs> no, I'm not. I think Can I'm you tell me who voiced him? Um, I okay. didn't get him, I think, when I was listening to him, but I, I saw his name on the credits at the end of the episode. I think, was it, I think is, it, is it Ben Stiller? It is. I did, I did not know, for starters, that the episodes have the the, the celebrity callers in the credits. Uh, at the end that? of the episode, I think they're on at the end, yeah. Wow, I thought you had to wait till the end of the season when it shows you their like, black and white portraits. I did not know they were usually credited. I thought it was like a, an anonymous thing so that's that's just learned something new every day there but it is ben stiller and i absolutely love ben stiller he's like one of my favorite kind of comedic actors a, like him adam sandler i know adam sandler gets a bad rep for making a lot of bad films but he's also made a lot of great films yeah he's i think enjoying the a big moment now um, yeah i think yes, the first the first half of Adam Sandler's career was fantastic. Oh, the um, 90s. I mean, it's just like, like hit, after hit after hit. Wedding Singer is one of my favourite rom-coms. Yeah, that's great. I could that's happily great. watch that again and again. He had some good ones in the 2000s as well. I actually really enjoyed The Longest Yard, oh, which obviously was a remake. Really um, good film, actually. Always, really, really good. Always love that. Big nostalgia, because I watched that loads when I was a kid. Then obviously he made a slate of really poor films, but then Uncut Gems came out recently. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, no, I haven't seen oh, To be honest with you, I think probably the, the most recent Adam Sandler film I've probably seen is Grown Ups. Oh my God. So are you familiar with what Uncut Gems is about at all? Have you seen trailers or anything? Oh, I think it's on Netflix. I might have seen... It is, yeah, it's, the, it's on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, I think I've seen the, it's the like banner this, for it. It's like a sports film meets a heist film meets a crime film. It's like it's it's a it's a tragic comedy drama almost. His his performance is unbelievable, and he got loads of plaudits for it and won like uh, in the, the Spirit Independent Film Award Best Actor and stuff like that. And, but yeah, amazing. But him and Ben Stiller, I love and just. 
I think Ben Stiller, for my money here, this this call as Barry, this hysterical guy who can't stop crying, is just fantastic. I don't know if you want to talk us through some of the other celebrity callers um, that you've made. Yeah, there. I mean, just before we we get into that, mm-hmm. obviously Frazier has shown up to work in just sort of uh, like, jeans. He's got a like, sports yeah, sweater. Yeah, does that work for you? I mean, I think obviously for me, I think the reason they've done it is be so that they can plausibly have the people in in lose think that he's essentially homeless. That is um, a very good point that I'd forgot about the fact they need to set him up to look like that but it does also strike me as he he would dress like that for Christmas Day because like it's a bit like when you used to have to um, go into I don't know if you remember going into school for like revision days when we weren't actually like on a Saturday or something or when it was the holidays and you mm. didn't have to like wear uniform or you just you could dress a bit more casually to me it's like that he's like he's on holiday but he's not so he's doing like he just wants to be comfortable because it's you know so I think it, I think it makes sense to me but he does look to quote Ross, very grungy. Yeah, he's he's the definition of grungy for me. He is. Um, but I, I quite like, I think it's emblematic of his mood as well. He's pretty depressed, I imagine, coming into work on that day. Yeah, having I thought be. he was going to be with Frazier. So I, I quite like it. I think I think it works quite well, but it's very different to how we might usually expect him. Yeah, yeah. We don't, We don't. I think it's probably the first time that I can think of, really, that we've seen him and trying to dress casually. So it's always quite alarming to see either him or Niles not in a, in a suit or a shirt, at least. Um, yeah. But yeah, did um, you want to? Did you want to talk yeah. to us about some of the celebrity callers? Celebrity callers. So obviously uh, Barry uh, Ben Stiller. Says, what I will say about Barry is, I just, I absolutely love the way he's sort of talking to himself during his call. Like, I'm okay. I'm okay. No, I'm no, not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, and I love the way that we we pop back to him a little bit later on. The, yeah, and he's still um, just losing it. Yeah, I think he's speaking to to Gladys in the next course. How's it going there, Barry? And he's just still in floods of tears. <laughs> absolutely absolutely wonderful okay so then the next caller we have gladys who is uh she's fallen in the shower so many times they can't fit any more <laughs> pins in her hip they truly can't it just sounds like a horrible horrible existence i think um now gladys do you have any idea who um who voices gladys i think i saw it on imdb however i'm not gonna say because it just looks like i'm getting it right and i have no right to but i, I don't i'm not actually that certain i know who it is it's some, something clooney i assume she's related to george but i don't yes. know how or why okay so it's rosemary rosemary clooney okay. um, who i believe is george clooney's mom oh no way so I, d- I didn't realize clooney came from like an acting family so yeah i go. think i think she was she uh, has one very i think she was in one very very famous film if i'm correct i'm just double checking it now so I don't look like an idiot if i'm wrong <laughs> i am certain and yes i'm pretty film. sure she was in a very famous film which you will definitely know. Uh, she was in the film White Christmas. White Christmas. Uh, with oh, Bing Crosby. Think sh- oh, okay. The, with the song from and stuff. Uh, well, I mean, the song doesn't actually come from that, interestingly enough. Um, the song Bing comes Bing Crosby with... sings that, though, doesn't he? Am I yeah, right Bing, in thinking that? Yeah, so uh, Bing Crosby, um, he sings the song White Christmas in the film Holiday Inn which is also a great film. Uh, it's not really a Christmas film per se, because it jumps from different holiday to holiday. Okay. Um, but he does sing the film White Christmas, and then the film, uh, sorry, he sings the song White Christmas. Yeah. And then that, um, this came out about 12 years after that song came out and was named after the song. And he was in it. Uh, yes, he was in it, yeah, uh, along with... Wow, some good knowledge. Rosemary. You've got some kind of classic Hollywood here, Kate. You're a bit of a dark I, horse. I do love, I'm going to be honest, I do love, like, Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra. I could... Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. Like The film of... High Society, when they're in it together, is a phenomenal film. Oh, I think I've been meaning to watch that for ages, actually. I, 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 one of my favourites in that era is uh, Jimmy Stewart, James Stewart. Um, yeah. Obviously, It's a Wonderful Life classic christmas film but he for my money is like he's my fave out of that kind of they're kind of a loose cohort of actors there but yeah i've always seen james stewart as much as i love james stewart i feel for me it's a wonderful life it's just a bit long it is long and i, I only watched it for the first time last christmas just gone I, I did i did love it and i did get the hype but then again i am doing a phd on small town america and they don't come more archetypal than bedford falls from a frank yeah. Capra film i mean um, what i do so yeah it kind of ticks all the boxes for me i think i do love and it's i mean this episode does well it's something that um it's a wonderful life does really well as as well is i like christmas films or media which isn't typical you know i think in 
in most yeah. Christmas media we see, it's someone has a little bit of a problem, like they want to save the Christmas fair, and then they sort it out, and everything's great, and everyone's happy and clappy. Yeah, um, I do like though both the you know obviously um, it's a wonderful life, and this there is that there is a real vibe that people can get really depressed around Christmas, and it can be really d- oh, difficult hugely. for a lot of people. And I like that it addresses that. I really do. I think it's I think it's really well done. And one thing, while we're talking about classic movies and Christmas movies, I feel like I'm going to say it now because I feel I'll forget later on if I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the title of this episode, Miracle on 3rd or 4th Street, you know what it's yes. a play on? Miracle on 34th Street, which yes. is an absolute classic with Mara Wilson, Matilda, as we know her. And I can't, is it Richard Attenborough playing Santa? It's, it's, I want to say, is, is it, yeah, is it Rich, I think it's Richard, isn't it? Yeah, because David Attenborough is the one who does the uh, yeah, like documentary. Yeah, he he's the nature man. So it's Richard yeah. Yeah, I always get Jurassic Park, Park, Richard Attenborough. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, is Piers Brosnan in that? No, it's not Piers Brosnan, but I know who you mean because he's a ridiculously good-looking guy. He I'm looks gonna be yeah, honest. the exact same cut and like the camel skin overcoat kind of yeah. vibe. Um, I think I'm maybe thinking of like Mrs. Doubtfire, which also has Mara Wilson and Piers Brosnan in. So maybe it's, uh, it is, um, it's uh, Dylan McDermott who um, I Dylan think McDermott. Plays yeah, he. he I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get a picture up of him now. But am I right in thinking he's got a full-on Brosnan vibe going on? Yeah, he's a He's a very good-looking chap. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, yeah, yeah, I, can, I, I remember him. He's very, he's very Brosnan-esque. So yeah, look, great, great film though. Good riff. I like the pun on the uh, on the title, but yeah, I love Miracle on Third uh, Thirty Fourth Street. Um, but yeah, obviously, then going back to the callers after Gladys. We have Tom. Tom might genuinely be one of my all-time favourite callers on the I just, I absolutely love the line, "Mommy, the puppy Santa gave me won't wake up." It's just, <laughs> it's brilliant. It's absolutely perfect. Did you look up, of course, who voices Tom? Um, I've, I've literally just seen it now with the, the script in front of me, um, and it's an absolute legend. I, I won't take the credit. I'll let you um, say the name. Well, no, that's very, very kind of him. Yeah, Mal Brooks, of course, one of the all-time greats. Um, still funny today. He recently went viral on a on a video of like his son visiting him like while he was in quarantine. One of my favourite Mal Brooks moments actually came in like the last few years. For those listening outside of the UK, we have have a show in in England called The One Show, which kind of airs after the news on BBC One. And it is, for all intents and purposes, a, quote, variety show where they do the news, they do, like, some kind of network, heartstring, tugging stories, then they, like, do some other things. It's it's just a, it's a mess. No one knows what the hell The One Show is meant to be. And they had Mel Brooks on as a guest, and they literally would, like, do at one point, it was like a light-hearted joke, and then it just cut to them going, right, and earlier in the show, we saw such and such who had recently been contacted about her mother who she thought was dead and then like Mal Brooks just goes what a crazy show this is in the background <laughs> and it's like this is just nuts and everyone bursts out laughing like Russell Crowe's with him he bursts out laughing and it's just yeah it, he he's an absolute legend and as you say Voice is one of the, the kind of the best radio callers Frasier's had at this point yeah I'm just oh it's, it's beautiful I mean it's probably short enough I don't know if we get away if we just play in the clip in full it traumatizes me, Dr. Crane. I wake up nights and I remember that Christmas morning. I walked into my mother's bedroom, tears running down my face, and I said, Mommy, Mommy, the puppy Santa gave me won't wake up. <laughs> It's just, it's absolutely, it's its wonderful. Like the writing is, it's the, it's so depression, but it's very like, it's over the top and it's, it's just, it's perfectly done. It's absolutely perfectly done. It is. Um, it really is. And it, for me, this scene, it's just, it's a phenomenal, I mean, at any time of the year, it's a great, great scene. But for Christmas, it's phenomenally well done. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant. It's they've got so, so many big hitters to call in. I mean, as while you while you say that, it kind of leads on to my my next point, which is just generally about this episode. For my money, it is an incredibly underrated Christmas Frasier episode. We've talked about Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz, which undoubtedly is fantastic and gets like everyone's vote for best Frasier Christmas episode. But I personally think this one is my favourite because it's like everything that I like about a Frasier episode. It's usually the quiet ones that involve a lot of talking. They're kind of, yeah, a bit understated. They make you, this episode makes use of all the spaces that we like. It makes use of KACL. It makes use of his apartment. All that's missing is Nervosa. But we have like the diner at the end, and I'll come to that in a bit because obviously I want to talk about diners that I, I bloody love. But yeah, I just think it's 
it's just it's a brilliant brilliant episode it's not like overtly christmasy like some of the other episodes are um where it's kind of rammed down your face with like fraser's apartment decor and stuff i just think it's just yeah so underrated and a really really brilliant christmas episode yeah and what i love about it as well is it has such a genuinely heartwarming message i think at the end oh it really does yeah but it's such a good christmas message because it's not a message so many christmas films we see a message that oh, it's Christmas and everyone gets together and they fix all your problems. This basically says you don't fix your problems, but people can try and people can be nice and people can do nice things. And what that's what I really love about it. It's just, I really love the end of this episode where he walks away and it's not, he's not, they've, the people in the, the diner haven't just fixed his life and fixed everything, but they've just shown that like little bit of humanity and decency that sort of really has given him faith in other people. I think it's just a really, it's a beautiful Christmas message for me. It absolutely is. Um, and a lot of the things you just mentioned actually are kind of touched upon in a different episode that i also love as mentioned obviously the episode the end of this episode takes place in a diner where frazier's got he's lost his wallet and these kind of very down and out people who have got full of heart and christmas spirit they help him out kind of financially but i loved i love diners anyway like the film diner from 1982 it's got like a young mickey rourke a young kevin bacon in um a young daniel stern who plays marv in home alone it's another Christmas link there. It's all about these kind of young guys and the, the diner in there, then the kind of 1959 in Baltimore, really cozy, brilliant coming of age story. There's a fantastic documentary that aired on the BBC a few years ago, which was called America on a Plate, the history of the diner. I kind of looked at that as well. So I've always loved diners. So Frasier and a diner is just like a winning combination for me. And my one of my favorite episodes of this show, which I really, sh- I sh- really shouldn't say this because it's giving away, but it's seven seasons away so we haven't got to worry yet is road warrior and they go to a diner in that episode as well and obviously fraser in that episode he says i'm going to go and reacquaint myself with an old friend america and he wants to speak to the diner patrons and it's really forced and contrived because he's obviously a little bit more aloof whereas in this episode he he gets exactly what he wants there he he gets that kind of in touch with america and humanity and it completely inadvertently just from just having a conversation without overthinking everything and the ending to this episode yeah as you say and chucking fraser the coin saying call your old man it's just really really beautiful one thing i'll just add in obviously the final caller uh jeff yes did he sound a lot like um is it is it ned miller i think um who was in a few episodes ago in terms of his voice i i thought for a moment that it was the same actor I can't quite remember, but I did, when a few of these people were talking, I, I was picturing certain celebrities that it turned out not to be them when I looked on IMDb. But yeah, I know what you mean. Sometimes these these celebrity callers, they really play with your kind of expectations of who's, who's talking, I think. Yeah, I mean, just the way he went, oh, nobody could be depressed. And I mean, nobody. I just, I could really picture like Ned Miller yeah. there saying yeah. that line. I've, I've had a look and it, it, it was not. It's uh, someone by the name of uh, Dominic Dune, who I who I don't know. Dominic Dune, that um, doesn't ring a bell. Or... I think it's Dominic doing, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just it's it threw me. That's that's all really. Yeah, I mean, I love before the diner as well. Like Fraser working at the in the dark and, and quiet of KACL. We never see KACL in that kind of light at that kind of time of day, which I think is just really nice. The, the yeah, fact you... when he takes off the headphones, there's that kind of sigh, and it's just before it cuts to black uh, in into the diner. Just yeah, a really nice kind of peaceful moment, and the fact that it's on Christmas Day and stuff. There's just a lot of pathos in that scene. I think that's really just really. Nice. Yeah, I think you always get the feeling that KSA is quite a hustling, bustling place. Whereas in this episode, you really get the feeling that Frasier is the only person in the building at that time. Yeah, you do. It's it's really kind of lonely, I think, in some respects. Yeah, and it's just it's done so well to to just show just how down he can be, just so he can he, so he can have that interaction with Tim and with Bill. And yeah, it's done really well, yeah. I think. We have some great quotes in the diner as well. Uh, when he says, "How much more appetising food always becomes when you add the word lock," which is a fantastic one. Um, I, I'm trying to remember what is it. Oh no, it's it, it's steak they have at the Timber Mill. Um, I'm trying to yeah. think of another episode where they have some kind of log food. I feel like they that that comes up again because uh, it does sound disgusting. A, a Christmas a turkey log, a turkey I, mean, I don't log know. mashed potatoes. Yeah, I don't know how that works, but I love the throwback to Don's call as well. I can't remember the name of the guy at the diner. But he oh. talks about the trainers flying off yeah, the roof. Tim, I think, uh, and he's so excited just the way he's, he holds his foot up just to show him the sneaker. <laughs> yeah, it's just that's a really good bit of writing and just a nice little nod back. But yeah, I mean, really, the last thing I've got written down is just really beautiful ending. Probably my favourite, um, and I've also put this is easily my favourite episode we've reviewed so far. 
and I, I stick by that. I definitely think this is the best episode that we've looked at um, for my money. I just everything I like in Fraser it kind of ticks the boxes. I think. Yeah, and it's just it's very it's it's a wonderful ending actually. As as Christmas media, film and TV goes, as endings go and messages go, I think this is just it's up there with the best of anything in terms of both film and TV. I just I, it's just a really I think a wonderful wonderful ending, and it ends perfectly for me absolutely on on that note i should ask you is it in your top 10 it is not in my top 10 i'm afraid it's not in your top 10 it's not in mine either and though I, I hate to say that after just singing its praises for like 50 minutes but <laughs> yeah i do i love this episode but there's just there's just obviously better ones out there for me but um really strong and I, as i have said i, I mean we're going to review the christmas episodes probably on their own at some point as well just kind of do, do some rankings for those so this might change when i revisit certain ones because i do love we is it we the we three kings um yes, in one in yeah. kind of season season oh it's quite late on but uh this is probably my favorite christmas episode of the show so that's pretty high high praise uh yeah yeah i think for me it's at the moment it's a toss-up between this and merry christmas missing moskowitz i think mm, and that oh, is a fantastic episode i'm not gonna nail my colors <laughs> to the mask just yet. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna keep your kind of cards close your chest like that okay before we kind of wrap up um i should say no coffee count this week because there's no Nova, no novosa um and there was no nervous i can't no 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 i can't even say that that is like a tongue twister cafe nervosa no nervosa okay there we go cafe scene in this one there's no nervosa in this episode and there's no no i can't even do that what the hell is going on with my brain tonight there's no cafe in this or the previous episode so the coffee count has remained untouched i can't even believe what a brain tongue twister that was then that was nuts (laughs) <laughs> no 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 i can't do it nervosa no nervosa yeah forget it um before we wrap up then key are you ready to do whose crane is it anyway bring it on mate bring it on okay this week it's just a short one it's just three words oh, and okay. it is how are you doing how are you doing oh okay I feel like uh, you might get this one i want to say it's fraser and is it when he's talking to barry how are you doing there it's barry? not actually it is Tim, is it? Is it? Is it Tim? Is that what you said his name was? The guy. Oh, yeah, the the guy yeah. Yes. That's he Tim, says, yeah. "How you doing?" To Fraser, and then Fraser obviously says, "Well, now that you ask, you know, he says, are you having a good Christmas?'" After that, now that you ask, no, I'm not. So it's Tim. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I should go back. Maybe he does say something similar. Um, I'm just going to check the script now. I'm thinking now he might be some, uh, you some... okay there, but exactly. oh, how's it going there, Barry? How's it going there, Barry? So very yeah. similar. Oh, um, I kind of threw you under the bus a little bit there. Kate. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. But no, that was Tim. Is there anything you kind of want to kind of cover before we wrap up? Oh, I think raised everything I want to raise. That's a great episode. Yeah. Um, it's weird to be doing it in April. I'm going to be honest, but um, it great, is. Great. I'm someone who really doesn't mind reading or watching or even listening to Christmassy things like out of season. Um, that's never bothered me. Like I, there's a, there's a book actually by a really good um, American journalist writer called David Sedaris Sedaris called Santa Land Diaries. I was talking about earlier. It's about his experiences at a Christmas mall when he used to play Santa, and kind of it's like a jokey riff on capitalism and what America's like at the holidays. And I'm going to read that pretty soon, I think. And you know, it does. It's not even close to Christmas, but it doesn't bother me that much. But yeah, next week we'll be looking at season one, episode thirteen, which is Guess Who's Coming to breakfast which i believe is the episode where martin has a lady friend stay for, for breakfast over the over so stayed over the night is that right yes i think it is yeah and then um elaine i think her name is yes and that's the one goes on the, uh... he goes on the offensive trying to kind of repatch things um so yeah we'll look forward to that it's a good episode next week but other than that i've been will i've been key and thank you very much for listening to we're listening Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy And maybe I seem a bit confused Well, maybe But I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs